welcome to the first ever episode of Beyond the Bedroom. I'm your host, Birna, and you can also call me by my nickname, B. I'm a certified sex educator. What does a sex educator even do? Well, we provide a lot of insight on all kinds of things like reproductive health, anatomy, hormonal function, but also stuff like how to shop for the right pleasure device for you, how to communicate better in bed and ask for what you want. I love debunking myths and stigmas about sexuality and sexual health. There's a lot of conflicting info about sexuality on the internet, like a lot of it. (laughs) So I love talking about what's real and what might not be and answering questions that people might have like, is this normal? Am I normal? And most of the time, like 99% of the time, people definitely are normal. I love giving people the tools to self-reflect. So while I do on the rare occasion give out specific advice, I like letting people kind of figure things out on their own through their own journeys and being the person who just gives them the tools to do that. You might have already known me from my Instagram. (laughs) I do a lot of interactive polls and questions because I love making people feel less alone. A lot of us are dealing with a variation of the same issue. Thanks to messages that we might have learned about sex or our bodies that stay with us as adults, how many of us have heard that you're doing too much or you're not doing enough when it comes to sex or, well, it's just supposed to be like that. Whether it's not having an orgasm or being in pain, it's kind of always swept under the rug for a lot of us growing up. I'm here to investigate those cultural messages and how they make us feel. This podcast is a deeper dive into the topics that impact us in the bedroom and yes, beyond. Get it? That's the title. I am getting my second certification in the holistic model, so I'm more centered on teaching adults and pleasure activism, and while I do teach a lot about reproductive function, I'm getting more into the nitty-gritty on the cultural aspect of sexuality. So a lot of us assume that sexuality is just something that comes up when you're intimate with someone or when you're aroused, but it's actually something that goes into making a lot of your daily decisions. Beyond the Bedroom is a Cassandra production. Today, for our very first episode, we're getting into a topic that I receive a flood of replies whenever I put this into my Instagram story. I think a lot of us can relate to getting in our heads about it and not always feeling that good about ourselves when this comes up. I'm talking about body image, how it affects us sexually, and at the end of the podcast, I'm going to be giving you some journal prompts and some tips to do a little introspection if you want to. It's not a secret that I personally struggled with my body image for a while. I mean, I grew up dancing ballet. It's nearly impossible to not develop at least some sort of awareness about every centimeter of yourself when you're in a leotard all day and being lifted by boys. But 
that doesn't mean that every dancer has some sort of disordered eating. It's just something that comes up for so many of us. I also have endometriosis and I've had it uh, since I was a teenager and the bloating and the pain has really affected my body image way more than I thought it than I thought it had until recently when I reflected on that. I realized that I was shaming myself for being bloated, which is something my body was just doing and I had very little control over and no type of perfect diet or avoid all of these foods or, you know, work out in only in this type of way and this type of week. None of that was getting rid of it. So I just stopped putting so much stress on myself because that was definitely the culprit also. I mean, I saw my body getting bigger and I was pretty much tormenting myself about it mentally, which was probably not great for your gut or reproductive health. I also grew up in the tail end of the 90s, early 2000s. I was a kid where it's low-rise jeans and humongous boobs <laughs> and like the outfits in Mean Girls, which came out in 2004. I mean, there were so many good ones in 2004 that just proved this point, which, you know, I'm like nine or 10 at that point. So I, I have a lot of... Um, <laughs> I have a lot of memories of watching that and being like, oh, well, you know, everyone has a flat stomach and big boobs and tiny little thighs. And that's how I'm going to look when I'm older. It didn't even cross my mind that I could possibly look any other way. I was like, that's just what teenagers look like. <laughs> Especially the fact that there was like people in their mid-20s playing teenagers on TV and in movies. But that being said, the images I received growing up were that my worth was pretty much tied to how others perceived my body. It's like, I'm better if I'm hot, I'm cooler if I'm hot, and I'm more beautiful if I'm thin. And on top of all this, you should be sexy by these standards. Like, this is sexy. Which is pretty confusing also if you're queer like I was. And I was like, well, I don't really find all of that stuff sexy. It was like, be smoldering, but also super optimistic. No one likes the grumpy girl. Be chill and cool, but don't try too hard at the same time. Just when we were getting out of the you're never thin enough phase, we entered the new era of the gigantic ass and slim thick and being thick without a stomach and every 10 years there's a new unattainable ideal being sold to us so don't feel bad if you don't fit this decades because chances are you probably did at some point in history and thank God this is all changing slowly but surely. And mostly thanks to, I mean, totally thanks to the work Black women have put into this movement. And yeah, it's definitely a movement. I'm so thankful for this corner of social media that taught me that it's definitely okay that my body at 25 does not look like when I was 16, which for some reason we're supposed to idealize. And it's also okay to not be completely in love with every centimeter of myself because that's totally unrealistic and that I should probably just start feeling neutral about my body. 
So I try to find that nuance every day. And it's harder some days than others. And my body image definitely, it's something that affects me and has affected me sexually, especially a lot of comparison to other people's past partners. It's something that comes up a lot. So when I put this prompt in my Instagram story, I got a lot of responses that were similar to my journey and a lot that were surprisingly eye-opening. So I asked people at first, what do you feel about your body? And I did like a sliding scale from very bad to neutral to really good. And the people that responded with like neutral, when I put the answer box also, a lot of them had comments about their body like, hey, it's doing its best or it's valid or some days are harder than others, but I'm just trying to appreciate my body in its its beautiful nature form. I love that. People that were on the very good aspect were like, well, I feel super sexy all the time. My awakening to life is through my body. Really eye-opening for me. And the people that said very bad about their body image, they were like really self-critical. And they were saying things like, I hate my under chin and I'm always worried that someone's going to notice my thigh dimples or I have love handles and or hip dips and I, I just, I can't get them out of my head. And honestly, I think that if you were to ask everybody on different days for a couple months, you would kind of get a variety of these answers from most people. Some days were like, damn, I look good. And then some days were like, hey, my body is doing its best. And some days were like, when did I get that stretch mark? What is going on? And the mantras that we hear about our body, like love your body, um, it's hard for a lot of us. And it makes sense. I mean, you can't undo a lifetime's worth of messages about your body in... I mean, a year or two. It takes time and a lot of work. So some negative responses from people were really self-critical in a very specific way. One woman said, I went through my first pregnancy. I got horrible stretch marks at 38 weeks and I hate them. Another mom said, I resented my self for not taking care of my body enough to not get stretch marks. And then I read that stretch marks are pretty much inevitable and your genes determine if you're more susceptible to them. And I was like, why am I beating myself up? I just gave birth. And, you know, both of these responses are valid. I would say just meet yourself where you're at. It's it's pretty hard to... Keep beating yourself up for not being positive all the time. A lot of people also responded that while they felt good about their body, it was hard to exist around other people who didn't feel that way or it was hard to avoid these messages about our bodies. So one person said, I'm facing a lot of fat phobia from my family and friends these days. It's draining to challenge them on it. 
And they're totally right. It can be emotionally exhausting for somebody to constantly be like, thank you for checking in without me asking about my weight, um, but I'm fine. Or just also being worried that, is somebody going to comment on my weight? I don't really want to talk about it right now. Someone else said, I remind myself that the ideal body is a male vision made to make us feel never good enough. I actually had a really similar experience. I was on the beach with my husband and he thinks I'm like the most gorgeous person ever, which is always still today, like so funny to me. And that's another body image thing, believing compliments, really feeling them in your chest and your stomach, really taking them in. And I was having just a bad body day. I had got this new swimsuit and it was fitting okay, but it was kind of like digging into my hips. And I was just like, why didn't I buy a different cut? Or, you know, I started looking at plastic surgery on Instagram. I was having a pretty bad body image day. And then something in me just kind of snapped. And I was like, who is profiting off of this right now? Who is profiting off of this? If I buy like a cellulite cream where I get some you know, magic miracle cure for something that does not need fixing. Who's profiting off of me? Who's making me feel bad in the first place to profit off of me? And after I had that realization, I was like, oh, (laughs) this could have saved me a lot of money. (laughs) And I'm not saying to people, don't do things that make you feel better. If that's something that makes you feel better, that's amazing. But this notion of not letting someone profiting off of my bad body image helped me a lot. So take that with a grain of salt. Some positive feedback about your bodies. Someone goes, I'm super fine with my body because I've been focusing on what I can do with it, not what it looks like. Another person said, I'm trying to work on being strong rather than skinny, but it's hard. Both of these are also totally valid. And it is also interesting because when I stopped working out to be skinny, I just started working out so much better and I was more athletic. I had more endurance. I was more flexible and I was like, wow, I I put so much pressure on myself and that's probably why I wasn't performing well. Now I work out to make myself have endorphins and to also calm my uh, ADHD. And like, I'm not joking. I actually have that diagnosis and it helps a lot. So I'm working with what I can do with my body as well. When do you feel the most self-conscious and when do you feel the least self-conscious? Also, you could phrase it, when do you feel the best about yourself? And I know a lot of us have very specific moments that we can recall. Some of the answers I got for when people feel most self-conscious were when I see my lower stomach, being naked with someone else for the first time, literally whenever I'm naked, and someone seeing all of me. So a lot of us feel so vulnerable when we're naked. And it's not always just about our bodies. It's also just not having any barriers and really having to show all of us to somebody. And that can be really scary. I applaud people that 
can at least acknowledge that. Because I used to feel that way. I used to be really nervous about being naked because being naked was so sexualized in the place where I grew up. I grew up in the U.S., um, but now I live in Iceland. And here, nudity isn't as sexual. It's made me come to terms with a lot of messages that I received about nudity being inherently bad or sexual or dirty. And it's really helped in my journey with body neutrality and acceptance. Some other reasons why people feel most self-conscious is when they're on top. So this came from a lot of people with vaginas when they're on top. Boobs being in full view, belly being shown, giving a blowjob, people worried about their faces, their mouths, what they're doing with their body. Some people said when the lights are on or when it's daylight, I feel too vulnerable. Again, this feeling of it's a lot, it's all of me, I'm not okay with this, so how could anyone else be? I don't like my body, so I don't believe others when they say that they do. Other responses were when I'm bloated, when I'm on my period, when I gain or lose a few pounds. And my favorite answer and the super, super honest one is I feel most self-conscious in general. I can totally relate to a lot of these, almost all of them. And I used to literally not want to get on top because I was like, oh, like the parts of me are moving. And then I had a partner say to me, I like it. I actually love it. Please do that in my face. I love it. I was like, well, okay, makes sense. Um, (laughs) You are choosing to be naked with me. But also I realized like, okay, I don't need to base my worth off of if somebody else feels like I'm sexy. So when do we feel our best? Some really juicy responses were when we're both caught up in the heat of the moment. When I'm with someone who feels like they get me. When I feel validated or seen, some really cool ones also are when I'm taking selfies, when I draw or paint myself, it makes me feel like a piece of art separate from my insecurity. So why is body positivity so hard for us? Why is body acceptance feel almost impossible for so many of us? And then some of us are like, oh, I love, you know, being in the heat of the moment, completely naked with somebody. I think it shows up in different ways for us. And in terms of the painting one, I have to say, um, taking selfies and the painting is really helpful. I, (laughs) I had a nude of myself. Well, it's not really a nude. I had a photo of myself in lingerie commissioned to be painted and I gave it to my husband and of course he loves it, but... I secretly am like, damn, okay, look at me. I'm a piece of art. And I think that helps a lot. I'm maybe because I'm objectifying myself. I don't know. There's a lot of theory we could apply to this in terms of self-objectification, but maybe it's not that deep. Maybe it's just like, whoa, okay. I can see it from someone else's point of view. I do look good and I can appreciate my body. I find it nice to remind myself that all bodies are valid. My body is doing its best. I don't owe anybody a performance in bed. 
And I especially owe it to myself to not perform. I think the reason so many of us have a hard time accepting pleasure is because we're putting on this performance because we need to look perfect. Maybe we get this message from the content we watched when we were debuting our sexuality, right? A lot of perfect positions and nobody has rolls on their stomach and nobody's bodily functions are doing anything weird or, I mean, they are, but not in a non-traditional sense. I like to notice the thought patterns and circumstances around when we feel our best. And for a lot of us, we have mantras. A good friend of mine said something really important. She said, remember that thousands of years of DNA have made you exactly as you are. And I love that so much. There wasn't any mistakes down the road. Like I'm here for a reason and my body looks this specific way because of those thousands of years. That's pretty cool. But when do these mantras stop working? We might feel really good about ourselves with these mantras in mind. We might look at ourselves in the mirror and be like, you know what? Why am I so upset? Or we might look at ourselves and be like, hey, this is okay. But when does the other voice start creeping back in? What do we see? What do we feel when the voice that goes, hey, uh, remember that fupa you have? Or you should probably hide your double chin. When are we feeling that way? Is it when we see someone we would like to look like? Is it when we get rejected? Is it when we feel like we've let ourselves down? Is it when we have put ourselves into these tiny little boxes that we can't possibly love ourselves unless we look a certain way? I remember remnants of my disordered eating being like, oh, but you'll be happy when you're thin. I promise. That voice wasn't right and it never will be because it comes from a really hateful place. I now know that not only am I happy with the way I am, but I'm also allowing myself to have those bad days. I'm also just enjoying having this body in this moment. Sometimes it's as simple as that. For a lot of us, that's really, really difficult. These thoughts can creep in when we least expect them to. A lot of people said, well, I want to be on top, but I just feel so weird. Like my belly is right there. One specific example was I love being on top, but I don't like being in the position where my belly is flat. I think it feels better when I've kind of rounded my back. You deserve pleasure. You inherently deserve pleasure. And all kinds of bodies do. The bodies that we equate as the most beautiful aren't more worthy of pleasure or validation or compliments than any other body. We're also more than our bodies. And sexiness, sex appeal, desire, arousal, all of these things actually have very little to do with how our body matches up to a Victoria's Secret model. It's interesting to note that for a lot of us, these thoughts can be pretty intrusive. So when we're trying on an outfit that doesn't fit anymore, or when we want to get on top, but we're a little bit afraid, 
try to imagine saying this thing to your best friend. Would you tell your best friend, oh my God, you really should hide your double chin? Or, oh, well, you don't fit into that dress anymore because you didn't try hard enough. I mean, I would never say that to my best friend, so why am I saying that to myself? I think the underlying key to feeling okay about our bodies is not self-esteem or positivity all the time. I think it's compassion, having compassion for yourself, not that no excuses type of mentality, but instead like, this is my body and touching your skin for the pleasure of your hands, you know, touching your face because it feels nice. Letting someone else touch your body because it feels good. Allowing that to happen, not because you should be or it'll be hot, but just to be with that person, just to be closer to another human being. Sometimes we tend to overcomplicate things, but it's okay to give yourself a pet on the arm and say, you know what? It's okay. I know I'm comparing myself. I know that I'm looking at myself through the perspective of someone who's not good enough. But you don't have to let that control the aspects of yourself that are definitely good enough. This is definitely way easier said than done, but self-compassion goes a long way. And it's not the same as confidence. It's allowing yourself to have those bad days and to just stop it when it happens, but not beat yourself up about it. It's noticing where is that thought coming from? It's why am I so hungry all the time? Don't I deserve to feel full? It's I want to be on top because it feels amazing. And my stomach is a part of me, so it'll feel amazing too. It's the compassion to do the things that you deserve. It's the compassion to accept what you can't change. Because why should you need to change it in the first place? And I know there's a lot of debate about this. And I want people to make their own judgments. I want people to think critically. I don't want people to think, oh, well, she's against plastic surgery. Absolutely not. Do whatever makes you feel good. That's what I'm advocating for, not beating yourself up for doing something that made you feel good. That's not very compassionate to yourself. And to have self-compassion or to have compassion for yourself, you need to also have compassion for others, I think. But who knows? I'm not a philosopher. Thanks so much for tuning in to the very first episode of Beyond the Bedroom. And if you'd like to hear more thoughts about body image, head to my website, which is in the link in the description for this podcast.